Welcome to Oncology Data Advisor. I'm Kira Smith, and today I have the pleasure of being joined by Dr. Christine Coe, who is the host of the See, Hear, Feel podcast. Dr. Coe, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you, Kira. Thanks for having me. So would you like to introduce yourself and what your work and your research focus on? Sure. I'm a professor of dermatology and pathology at Yale University. And so what that means is dermatology, for people who aren't sure, is doctors who look at skin, hair, and nails. And that's their specialty. And pathology, usually you're looking at tissue samples. So if you've ever had a biopsy or a surgery where they removed something from you, um, for dermatologists, it's a little bit of skin for, say, a breast surgeon, part of your breast. Um, someone is looking at that tissue under the microscope to give a diagnosis on that tissue. So whether it's skin cancer or not skin cancer. And so that's the pathology part. And we call that dermatopathology, so skin pathology. So I do dermatology and look at patient skin. And I also do dermatopathology and look at skin under the microscope. Awesome. So I'm excited to learn more about See, Hear, Feel. Um, what led you to start the podcast? So I, um, it's sort of a long story, but to make it a little shorter, I think that there are certain concepts in cognitive psychology that are really important that I never learned somehow. So maybe you know, I did have courses in them, definitely not in college. I didn't take psychology in college. So that's probably one of the reasons that I've never heard of them because they're, they're common concepts. They're, you know, they're not like really out there. Um, but I, ha I didn't learn them. And I, I don't think that I really had a medical course in them. I definitely didn't have a whole course, but maybe they were introduced here and there and I didn't really pick up on it. Mm -hmm. I heard today that you really need to hear something about 17 times before it sticks. So wow. maybe, you know, I heard it once or twice. I don't know. Um, but just really thinking about your thinking, um, having a growth mindset, which means, you know, sort of it's hard, but really kind of appreciating when you fail at something, because that's it is true. I think people do know this. That's really oftentimes when you grow the most. But it's hard. It's no. It's never fun to fail, and um, so really thinking about your thinking, having a growth mindset, and deliberate practice, which is when you see a challenge and say it's like you failed at something, then how do you get better? And so, a lot of deliberate practice focused on like chess players or musicians or sports. Um, because I think that's more obvious how people get better. You know, they have a coach oftentimes or, you know, music teacher or someone who's saying, you didn't play that scale right. Let's practice it. And, you know, this is what you need to do with your fingers on the piano or whatever. But um, I don't know that we, that I really do that in dermatology and dermatopathology. But I realized that if I set up and think about that more, like just thinking about my thinking, having a growth mindset, doing deliberate practice, that it really, I think, makes me a better doctor. Definitely. That's so important. And that's really interesting, too. Yeah. Um, so, so the podcast goes over those concepts, um, mm -hmm. because I think that we don't really talk about them that much. And right. so that's and oh, and the last piece is emotional intelligence. Like I talk a lot about emotions. Mm -hmm 
because um, I think growing up, I'm Korean American. And so we didn't really talk about emotions in my family. Um, yeah. And so it, it, my mom, when I would come home from school, it was never like, how are you feeling? And, you know, or, you know, you look a little troubled. Like, right. <laughs> what's going on? We never talked about things in that way. So and we don't talk about emotions in medicine, at least mm-hmm. I never learned how to do that. So right. yeah. Yeah, that's definitely really important. So what are some of the specific uh topics and subjects um in this field that you that you talk about in the podcast? So I started off with initially I thought it would just be maybe a short season of a couple episodes and I would talk about thinking about your thinking. So metacognition and critical thinking mm-hmm. as related to diagnostic work in medicine and a patient encounter and growth mindset and deliberate practice and emotional intelligence. And I really started off with emotional intelligence because I think um, Yale actually is pretty well known for emotional intelligence. The president of Yale, you know, sort of was definitely a pioneer in creating um, that sort of term in the field of emotional intelligence. And so I had the opportunity to work a little bit and speak with and learn from David Caruso, who was, a, I think, a graduate student or a postgrad with Peter Salovey, who's the president of Yale. And so he is an expert in emotional intelligence, and he was willing to speak with me and teach me and sort of just have conversations with me about emotional intelligence and how how like, you know, little thing, you can do little things on a daily basis that help you. And that's also why I think the podcast is helpful because for one thing, I like listening to podcasts. So, and I, I get exposure to things that I wouldn't have otherwise, because it's nice when I'm washing dishes sometimes, or if, even if I'm going for a run, you can just listen, you don't have to be in front of a screen. And so then I thought, you know, if I could cover these concepts that I think are important and also talk to doctors about how they use the concept or, you know, if they even know what it is, if, if, you know, they read a little bit about it and if it's important to them, that that would maybe make a small change in the medical culture. That's what I was hoping. That's awesome. Uh, so what are kind of uh, your goals for the podcast in terms of how uh, the listeners can enhance their wellness by listening to it? So I think that we all have more power than we think, or at least I have a tiny bit more power than I think. Um, especially I think when what I mean is when you feel like you're being confronted by a huge medical system, say, <laughs> You, know, you feel tiny, like, you know, the medical system doesn't care about me as one doctor. And even when I'm a patient, the medical system doesn't really care about me as one patient. Like we're, we're kind of finite in that sense. Um, But I think that at the same time, we don't fully realize how big an impact that we can have on one other person or several other people that are directly surrounding us. And so that I think 
is that power. That's what I mean by we have more power than we think we do. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, a, a really quick example would be like my kids. They totally have power over me in the sense when they come home all dejected and they go, you know, like some problem with a friend or something. It really (laughs) affects me. You know, they have that power. So there's there are concepts like emotional contagion and things like that, which I I don't really go into. But, you know, I try to break it down so it's really simple. Um, But we are really affected by the emotions of the people around us. And so. For me to be able to regulate my own emotions and also manage how I react to other people's emotions, I think is so important for me just in daily life as a mom, for example. But also in that patient encounter, I think when I'm a doctor and there's a patient in front of me, if I don't address any emotion at all, I've realized more and more that it's a very clinical, you know, is the word, a very clinical encounter where the patient probably won't really tell me any barriers, for example, um, that they already know, you know, to whatever treatment plan I'm giving, or like, say they don't believe me for some reason, and they're just not even going to try to follow what I ask them to do. It's... um. It, it it's just poorer care, I realize. And for me, since I started off really having very, very little knowledge, for example, of emotional intelligence, I realized just a little bit of attention to it could really change patient interactions a lot. Mm-hmm. And so I was hoping that by people, doctors, but hopefully anyone, you know, listening just to the 15 minutes they're usually 15 minutes or shorter it could make a difference yes hopefully definitely I think that's something that everybody can can benefit from listening to um yes doctors you know clinicians anybody can can definitely benefit from learning more about this <laughs> yeah Great. um awesome anything else you would like to mention or share I guess like I will just say when you mentioned sort of wellness before part of it is wellness and combating burnout because I think you know especially with COVID like I I was listening to another podcast today called Fixing Healthcare and they were talking about how healthcare was already in trouble before COVID and COVID was like the match that just set it all aflame and we're still COVID is you know maybe to a certain degree controlled and there's the vaccinations and everything But the point of the podcast I was listening to this morning was talking about really the relationship and that um, really in a way, and I was taught this way that I, I really did think for most of my career, and it's only really recently that I sort of maybe saw the light or just sort of started to have an idea that, that I was on the wrong track that I thought, okay, I'm just supposed to see a medical problem, you know, that the patient brings to me, or I realize that they have and talk to them about it and give them a plan and ideally just fix it. And so, you know, it's like problem solution. And so I I fix it. But what his, um, what the podcast I was listening today was saying was, you know, it's really about the relationship that most of the time people really just need reassurance. 
And um, I mean, there are serious medical problems for sure. But even then, too, you really need some degree of reassurance of what's to come, you know, what to expect. So not that, you know, there aren't big problems, but a lot of times for like well baby checks or just a yearly pediatrician check or, you know, even like when women go to the gynecologist, oftentimes there's not really a problem. And so, you know, patients want the doctor with their expertise to to say, yeah, this is okay. And to spend enough time to say it's okay. And I think that probably before I had more sort of impatience with that, like, oh, you don't have a problem. Like, let me, you know, like, let me just say bye to you and move on to someone who has a real problem. Um, but I think that's part of, that is part of the issue because then I think the more that patients sort of feel to a certain degree dismissed when they're actually relatively healthy, they won't necessarily listen and do the preventive things mm-hmm. that a certain doctor might want them to do. And then also maybe not contact the doctor right away. Um, Cause I've had patients tell me this, Oh, well, I know I had this, but I know you're busy. So I didn't want to bother you. But it's like, no, like you should tell me right away. And um, I mean, maybe I'm not going to answer you in like 30 seconds, you know, but definitely let me know. But no, don't let like a month, two months, six months pass thinking I'm too busy. That's that's not right. And I think there's there's that a, a prevailing sense that my doctor's too busy for this. And um, it's true. I think, you know, especially with COVID, like I said, it was like this match that turned everything aflame. We, we don't have that much time anymore at all. Like we have even less time than ever before. Uh and so my podcast definitely doesn't fix that. But I think it's it's like, how do you really try to maximize the time that you have? Mm-hmm. So that's sort of what it's about. And so that's why the thinking part is important and being able to notice and regulate and manage emotions is important because I'm still not good at it. But how do I manage my own emotions and like an angry patient's emotions mm-hmm. in a very short visit? And still accomplish what needs to be accomplished, ideally, in that medical visit, especially if they have something serious. You know, the anger in that in that case would sort of be in the way. Um, but if I'm skilled enough, I can get around it. And I can probably get around it even relatively quickly if I'm good at it. <laughs> but, you know, that takes the failing at it. Mm-hmm the growth mindset thinking, okay, I'll try again, deliberate practice of, you know, just like, like a simple thing I would sometimes me, I mean, especially now, even sometimes it's just like, can I notice like one emotion that I had in an interaction? Like, was it just like, I was tired and stressed and like, honestly, not that interested, you know, um, which is bad, you know, that's not good. So then like, why did I feel that way? Did I not get enough sleep? You know, so that kind of thing. And then sometimes I would just say, okay, well, did I notice like one emotion of the patients? Like, were they worried? Did they seem happy? Did they also seem a little bit impatient? Like, let me just get out of here, you know? So I think that um, noticing emotions helps me tailor a visit more to what the patient really cares about and also then help 
the patient to pay attention to what I want them to pay attention to, you know, because there's connection. If I think we connect through emotion. And so if I ignore it, there's no connection. That's not as good. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, this was really interesting to learn about. Um, and I'm excited to listen to more episodes of your podcast and all these topics. Um, oh. Thank you again so much for coming on today and, and talking about all of this. Thank you, Kira. Thank you.